and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies, Mr. Joe Chung. Happy uh, MTM anniversary, Mark. Uh, it's been four crazy years, apparently, that we've been working together. Uh, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just like popped up that my first article was September 5th of 2017. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. And it happened like the day before Labor Day. So I did a little post on Labor Day. Thought that was kind of nice that they tied in together. Labor Day celebrating a day off from work and me celebrating four years of working. So, you know, it has been a crazy ride. I didn't know what to expect when I started. I didn't have any experience. So Sean was willing to go with the crazy guy that, you know, he's like, what uh, writing experience do you have? And I said, well, I used to write some in college. <laughs> Yeah, he submitted his uh, high school uh, senior thesis. <laughs> yeah, so wow. Yeah, it was, it's been a crazy ride. Uh, you put up with a lot. I, I can't say enough good things about Sean and giving me this chance and letting me grow with the company and in the role. And now we're doing videos and podcasts and everything else. So it's been kind of crazy, wild ride. And looking forward to the next four or forty years, whatever. It's been fun. It's awesome. Congrats, man. Did you uh, get a day off? No, I worked. No, I worked. You're here Labor recording Day. with us. <laughs> no, five year anniversary. You got to negotiate that in your next contract. Can I get Labor five Day off for five year anniversary? Yeah, I, I posted in the Facebook group with the article. I was like, "What's the four year gift supposed to be?" Somebody said like flowers or something. I don't know. I don't know what the traditional marriage gift is, but I feel like we're married. It feels like that sometimes, though, for sure. So I guess yeah, definitely the, the after we finish recording, it does feel like that, and I feel like the child. So. <laughs> So yeah, the, the flowers are in the mail, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's been an incredible uh, four years. It's crazy. It does not seem like it's been four years. It seems like, you know, it was just yesterday that, that you and Bethany started. And that means that DDG has been writing for us for like almost five years. So that's just... It's just and insane, DDG has the most articles on the site now, I believe. I'm pretty sure, which is pretty crazy to think about. Well, yeah. I mean, I if mean, we went by let's we went, look at those word counts, we though. Went, yeah, let's look at those word counts. <laughs> we went by words. You might be seventh, but uh, <laughs> sorry. You know, we love you. Daddy. I probably got them on words. I've only written one article ever. <laughs> yeah, Zing, well, we, we kid. He's he's done an amazing job too, and uh, very grateful. How how has uh, everything been, Joe? How was your Labor Day? This is good. Any Labor Day where I do not have to go to a wedding is a success in my book since school starts after Labor Day. So I Labor Day is the one three-day weekend where I really hate traveling. So we were home. We got to chill. So I'm happy about that, uh, ready to start the year. I haven't been to a wedding in probably like four years. Um, yes. Th- and I oh, and I, I don't miss my... it. Like We're kind of to the age. No, it's the worst. <laughs> we're kind of at the age where we don't have to worry about weddings for a bit until like people's kids starting getting married and stuff. So we have like a little gap or there's really no weddings in our future that I can foresee. So I'm looking forward to another five years of no weddings. Yes. Yeah. I listen to like my late twenties, early thirties coworkers and they just go to these weddings all the time. And I'm like, I do not miss that life at all. Yeah. Now it's going to be the bar mitzvah and sweet 16 life pretty soon. <laughs> I hope for those, I hope for those, at least we can just drop our kids off so we don't have to go, you know? Like an eighties parent. Yeah, that's a good point. Like an eighties parent. Yeah, just, we'll see you tonight. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, just drop them off. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the show. But before we do, if you're out there listening to this show, don't forget to subscribe so you receive 
the episode every single week. You can subscribe in the podcast app that you're in right now, or just head to mtmpodcast.com where we have all of the links. You can also find links there to our Patreon Diamond group. Uh, $15 a month gets you private Facebook and Slack access, and also our credit cards if you want to apply for any products, support the site in that way. Everything can be found at mtmpodcast.com. And if you love this show and you're on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a review. We had two great reviews this week, Joe. I was so happy uh, to see that. Always cool when we get some new reviews rolling on in. Although one of them was a little suspicious, Joe, I I have to say. It said that Mark and I were good, but that you were incredible or awesome or just better than both of us. Wait, Jess actually listened to an episode for once? (laughs) First of all, first of all. You really think if Jess listens to an episode, that's what she would No. Write? That just shows that you do not know. You have not been listening when I've spoken about my wife at all on this show. And second of all, uh, the initials for the review were JC. I don't know what's suspicious about that at all. Are you trying to, to say my wife wrote the, the review? No. Just or kidding. Joe Chung. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even think of that. Or Jess. Yeah, that's true. Too many JCs in the world. My my brother's entire she's made a name. So, my brother's entire family, they're uh, all his kids, his wife, everything. They're JCs. All right, so let's talk Amex transfer bonuses, guys. Uh, You know, American Express having transfer bonuses is nothing new, and banks having transfer bonuses is nothing new. But them dropping like a dozen bonuses all at once. That's kind and of new, the, right? I mean, the they day after the 1.25 cent cash out went out, after everybody purged <laughs> of their membership rewards points, they're like, "Ha ha, suckers! Here you go. Here's 12 of them." <laughs> they got all you cash out people. I knew I wasn't cashing out for a reason. Although, I mean, some of these are are not great. Some of them are are pretty good. I'll go over the list right now. So, British Airways. Iberia and Aer Lingus Avios, all a 40% bonus. Virgin Atlantic, Hilton Honors, and Marriott Bonvoy, 30% bonuses. Flying Blue, Aero Mexico, and Hawaiian, 25% bonuses. Aeroplan, Qantas, 20%. And then Avianca, Life Miles, 15%. So these are, you know, normally one-to-one. I've done, of course, the 40% bonus on Avios many times in the past. That's the one that's been my go-to. You guys eyeing any of these bonuses? Normally, I would go with the Avios, but with the way that American Airlines is set up, you know, I use mine for domestic flights, short, short haul. And we've had a devaluation over the last year or two where they're not as cheap as they used to be. And then American Airlines came out with their web specials. So that's a huge problem because if it's a web special, even if it's the saver price or below, it's not showing up on Avios's site. So that kind of gives me pause that I don't want to transfer points you know without uh, in the past i would have transferred points without any plan knowing i could use them but now it's kind of like i don't really want to unless i know uh, i have something in the works that i need them for same with uh virgin atlantic that would have been a go-to like i would have cashed out cashed out a whole bunch for that because i fly delta all the time and domestically delta you know virgin atlantic beat delta a lot of the time but they've changed their, you know, award chart to distance based versus just a flat rate. So my first class flight to Alaska was 52,500 miles versus the 25,000 it should have been, you know, a year or two ago. So the value there is lost a little bit. It's still good internationally, but it's hard to find space. So those ones are kind of hard for me. That'd be my normal go to's. I'm almost tempted for Hilton just to like pad my stats there. I don't know why. I mean, the, the value is not terrible, but it's not great. But I just feel like I, I want to like hit a million, so um, <laughs> for no other reason than just to be able to stare at it, I guess. That'll get you two nights, <laughs> yeah, baby. Exactly, exactly. The funny thing is, uh, I end up hoarding Hilton points more than 
most just because I'm, I try to use them at like 40 K or below hotels, which it does happen, but it's usually like smaller towns or, you know, not big cities type of thing. So they end up sticking there. Cause I don't like, you know, I don't like spending 90,000 for a room, 95,000 for a room in in a major city. So it's kind of funny that I want to add to them, but yet yeah, those are the ones I hoard the most. So I won't be transferring to them, but I'm tempted. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Mark, normally British Airways would be tempting, even Virgin Atlantic, but without like any travel on the horizon, it's really hard for me to transfer speculatively, speculatively, even with these bonuses, which are really exciting. And then the other thing, I don't know, maybe you guys can tell me, I'm like so rusty that I don't even remember like which of these expire, which of these do I need to worry about expiring because I just don't want to transfer things and then just have like another thing to worry about. And then the last reason why I'm holding off for now is like I've said a few times since the pandemic started, because I'm just getting back into traveling or not ready or I'm just not like full time in it and I'm not certain that I'm always going to take the trips that I book. It's just easier for me to book with programs that I am used to, and none of these are that kind of program, except for British Airways, but you perfectly outlined the reasons why it's tricky to transfer to British Airways right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. Avios has always been- well, Very exciting today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll always keep some some miles in a British or some Avios in my account uh, for, for when they, whenever there's a bonus like this, but I think a lot of people, Joe, are sitting on a lot of mileage bonuses or- balances anyway and so i'm not really tempted there the one that kind of stands out to me is aeroplan because that is a program that i've used quite a lot over the years and uh, i've used it a lot to europe and we don't see those transfer bonuses often i think there have been some targeted 10 20 percent bonuses in the past for aeroplan but it's not one that you see quite as often as obvious so that's what i'm kind of considering uh, just knowing that i will have uh, quite a lot of travel coming up but you make the ultimate point, Joe, is know the program you're transferring to. Probably not a good idea to speculatively transfer stuff and then know about the expirations, uh, how it is to, to keep your points or miles alive. Because some programs, uh, like off the top of my head, Singapore, Chris Flyer, you know, you have that hard expiration date and uh, you don't want that. You want something that, that ideally doesn't have expiration or that's fairly simple. Uh, to extend, like if you transfer in more points or something like that. So yeah, it's good to see them doing this at least. Do you think that this is going to be the new way uh, they uh, they compete in the market, these transfer bonuses between the big banks? Can we get uh, Delta back a uh, transfer bonus, please? That'd be nice. It's been, what, like 10 Word, years? Yeah. But... <laughs> uh, before I uh, get into your question, Sean, I did write an article today, a thought exercise type of thing with this bonus going on with the uh, 30% increase to... Uh, Marriott Bonvoy points. There's also a 30% increase from United that if you transfer hotel points um, into United, they'll give you a 30% bump too. So if you combine those two, I was wondering, you know, what what could could you get United miles with membership rewards points, which normally isn't possible, but with this like double dip uh, transfer, it is kind of possible. And you would have to transfer 47,000 membership rewards points to get the 60,000 Marriott Bonvoy points, assuming you have none in your account now. And then that would transfer over to 35,750 United miles, taking into account um, that you get a 5,000 mile bonus for transferring 60,000. You get 20,000 for the transfer, 5,000 mile bonus. Uh, United gets an extra 10% above that. And then you add in the 30% from uh, United Airlines. Joe, and it still Joe, sucks. did you follow all that math? <laughs> 
So anyway. Whew, no, I yeah. did not. Please. Uh, There's an article with it all. Please just all write the. Right. Yes. Thank you. I just need the miles in, miles yeah, out. That's so that all I need. It would end up working out to 0.76 miles per membership rewards point which isn't great. The only reason it would make sense is if you, you know, if you're short a little bit for a specific redemption, or if the redemption is getting you over two cents uh, per mile, then it's basically a 1.5 cent per membership reward point value, which isn't terrible, but you definitely would want to check like life miles and see if you could book the same flight using a partner, or if you have ultimate rewards, that would be a better transfer. But if this is like a last resort and you really need to book something through United, it is an option right now when it normally wouldn't be, even though it's not great. But I just found it kind of interesting and I had fun figuring out. I didn't know going into it. I thought it might, maybe I could get close to one-to-one, but wasn't quite, quite there. Well, with all those like things, you know, all those bonuses and everything else that, that it comes with, you would think it would. But, you know, that's why you got to crunch the numbers. Yep. Yeah, just go with ultimate rewards, I think, if you can swing it with that. But it's good to see these transfer bonuses. So, I mean, do you think... You think we see Chase or City or uh, anybody else, Capital One, come out with something to compete here? I don't know. It's just not something we've traditionally seen from banks outside of Amex regularly. I know there are like one-off transfer bonuses, but this seems to be Amex's thing. I mean, it's really interesting just to think about from like a meta level how these banks have just tailored their strategies in different ways. And like you said, Sean, is this going to be Amex's thing? And I, I feel like it is going to be Amex's thing. It is weird that they put 12 transfer bonuses at a time or i don't know if it's 10 or 12 math you know but <laughs> it is 12 it's it's just kind of crazy that they did all these at once but this just seems to be their strategy it seems to be working for them they seem to be happy but at the same time chase seems to be happy with their strategy which they what they've offered maybe two transfer bonuses ever that i can remember maybe less maybe one so i just think this is amex's thing and this is what makes amex special one quick note Whenever I talk to friends who are new into things, I still can't recommend Amex first, even if you ignored 524, just because Chase is so much easier to use. And part of it is these transfer bonuses, which provides a lot of value to people who are a little bit more experienced, but can get confusing if you're like a beginner. Yeah. And it's, you know, the weird thing is they get rid of the cash out at 1.25 cents. And you, you know, what we've heard uh, behind the scenes a little bit is usually the banks are not getting a great deal on miles when they're buying them. So you would think that they're buying these miles for 1.25 cents or above. So this cash out was actually like a better option for them, for the people that are going to use miles, the more savvy people, because there are sadly a lot of people that do statement credits with American Express, which is like 0.6 cents per mile. But anyway, and now you're throwing in these transfer bonuses. So that's even more. So you're pushing it out to like probably 1.5, 1.6 cents they're paying per mile maybe more. We don't really know the specifics of what they pay, but, and they did it right after they got rid of the 1.25 cent cash out, which I don't think was, you know, I think that was on purpose. I don't think it was an accident. You know, maybe they're thinking all these people cashed out, let's make them feel bad about it and want them to go out and get more points and earn more points. I don't know. And then they're throwing out all these business signup bonuses, like eight to every person, every three days, like different ones. It's bizarre. I don't really know what Amex is doing right now it's very weird it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but it's kind of fun to watch it almost feels like you know some companies they have like marketing dollars and they just put them into marketing campaigns yes it obviously seems 
on purpose that the cash out ended and then these transfer bonuses started. But it almost feels like, you know, the marketing bonus or the marketing dollars were going into that cash out and then they just moved it into these transfer bonuses. So some companies operate like that. So it just could be something like that and we'll just never get it. But we'll just hopefully just keep seeing these bonuses. Well, it seems lately American Express has an endless marketing budget with at least in business side uh, at least people, business. So. yeah hello <laughs> got this yeah, today mailer, he's, he's holding, holding up, up another hundred fifty thousand mailer is it a uh, 90 days between them because i think i'm i'm due to get a new one yes i believe yeah, i think uh, days. i think it is so no matter what it's definitely clear that transfer partners transfer bonuses are a new way to market or a way that they're going to focus on more city of course bringing in american airlines as a temporary transfer partner so that's something else we could see as well down the line. Now, speaking of American Airlines, Joe, your favorite airline, they are in the news for doing something that, I mean, at this point, we probably expect from them. I mean, if you've really followed the trajectory of this airline since U.S. Airways bought them and, and the merger, it's just been cut after cut after cut, less legroom, less comfort, all kinds of changes to the no booze. And now they changed their... <laughs> And we're not even there yet. Now they changed their conditions of carriage. Uh, JT Genter uh, discovered this stuff and uh, posted it on Twitter. They have basically gutted their passenger protections. Quite a few things. If AA or their partner airline fails to operate or delays you more than four hours, their sole obligation is to refund the remaining ticket value so that they don't owe you anything else there. If there's a flight cancellation or delay that caused a misconnection, AA won't rebook you on another <laughs> another flight they strand you somewhere else they'll only cover the cost of a hotel if they pre-approve it so if you go out and get your own hotel sorry you're out of luck uh there's a lot of other stuff pretty pretty rough for passengers on joe's favorite airline i like to pretend or i like to play the role of like the jilted lover with aa you know i've been done wrong even though i know i was not actually done wrong what happened happened and it's fine i'm fine you with sound that. fine you sound totally so fine normally when we're <laughs> I'm totally fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm totally fine. fine. I'm totally, I'm totally fine. I, I saw, I saw AA on the street the other day. AA's obviously been working out fine. I'm just fine. But anyway, I like to sit out of these AA conversations because I don't want to insert my bias since I'm a little bitter about AA. However, this one is ridiculous, and objectively, we can say it's just totally changing, kind of the written it's not even the unwritten contract it is the written contract between us and aa as customers and it's just so messed up that they're gonna be like oh well if you're stranded well we'll give you the 200 dollars your flight costs but good luck getting home on your own even if that costs it's not even hundred dollars it's not even like the full cost of the flight they're just gonna give you whatever that next leg costs which is so bizarre it feels so consumer unfriendly i don't know i mean these are the times where people are like this must be illegal. I don't know if it's illegal. I mean, it probably violates my First Amendment rights. But other than that, I really hope that no other airline decides to go along with this. And some of the takes that I've seen coming out because of this is that we really need like the, what is it? EU 261 is the name of the regulation in the European Union that protects passengers' rights. So saying that aloud, that makes me realize definitely not illegal because we don't have the, yeah. that kind of consumer protection here. But <laughs> It feels like we need it because if we no show a flight, sometimes we get flat tire rolled and we can get our on the next flight. But, a lot, you know, a lot of times that's not going to happen. Just super consumer unfriendly. AA, two thumbs down. What do you think, Mark? 
Yeah, I would say Canada has a similar thing to Europe uh, as far as if there's delays or whatever there, it's written in stone. This is how much compensation you're going to get. This is what you get if this happens, if this happens. And they run more on time. They have less issues, that type of thing, because, you know, they focus on it. They're not going to try to pack their routes in there knowing that, hey, if I fail this one, it's going to cost me more money than this flight's worth. So I'm not going to overbook people and all this other stuff that we we have to deal with in the U.S. And I think the government really messed up when they had the uh, bailout loans in the beginning of the pandemic and they gave them all this money that should have come with, you know, hey, you want this money. You're a public company. You guys messed up buying you back your own stock instead of holding on to money for a rainy day. But if you want money, bailout money from, you know, basically your customers that are fronting this money for you, you need to give them some protections. And they should have demanded that. They probably would have gotten it through at least something. But, uh, you know, maybe this is kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And this, you know, if there's enough uproar about it, maybe this is what gets the conversation sparked because I think it's something we definitely do need. Uh, it, it's kind of messed up. What other what other line of business can they just not complete what they're supposed to and, and basically be like, oh, oh, sorry. Well, maybe the poster service when they're delivering your Amazon packages. But other than those people. <laughs> Damn, going in on the postal service. But seriously, airlines, they have one job, which is to get us from point A to B. And A is just saying, well, if there's a storm or whatever, too bad. You know, you got to figure out how to get from point A to B. And yeah, Mark, you've said this multiple times about the bailout money. And it really just feels like a huge failure to not have called these companies to be more accountable. You know, you had the we had the leverage as the public, as a government. We had the leverage and just a real failure. It's just upsetting all around. This really undermines a lot of what has traditionally been the guarantees that you get with an airline. And so that's why we don't have these laws necessarily. Um, and it's been what differentiated, you know, full service airlines from budget airlines a lot of the time uh, with, you know, interline agreements and things like that. And uh, AA continues to march towards this very confusing future. And it's not a great airline. The experience isn't great. The service isn't great. The quality of the airline uh, airplanes, while new, isn't great because the, you know, they've cut back there as well. Yeah, and this is a really confusing one. I guess my biggest question, you guys, are you worried that it's going to fall, you know, that it's going to happen with the other airlines? I mean, we've seen time after time after time, one airline changes a policy. Normally, it's Delta who goes first and the other ones follow. But with AA stepping out and making these changes, you see, you know, United Delta following. I could see United doing it. I don't I don't think I could see Delta doing it just because they've kind of built themselves up as the best service in the u.s you know they already have that and that's what people think about united doesn't have you know they're pretty tarnished so uh, and with their history and the way they've handled things in the past i could see them doing it i don't know it just seems like it's a really bad move and maybe this is just in writing so aa can decide when they wanted to use it and they won't really in enforce it you know kind of like some of the credit card rules we see like you're not supposed to get points for gift cards but you still earn points for gift cards maybe it's that type of thing but it's i don't know it's like I've suicide some, it's like suicide if they do it i feel like i've seen some very very rude american airlines employees in customer service counters across airports who are going to use these rules especially philadelphia uh, <laughs> they're the I mean, worst wherever but they're going to follow these rules and people are going to be subject to them and this is the main contract that you have on your ticket so 
at the very least, be a wise consumer. Know what your protections are. Know how that varies across the airline. Know your protections. Yeah. You have zero. <laughs> yeah. Get a credit card with protections. That's all you got. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, check out the uh, – we have an article on the website and then links to everywhere you need to go to, to read up on this uh, and get into that legalese to find out all the ways American Airlines is going to make your life better with these changes because our lives always get better every time something like this uh, changes. And uh, speaking of a better life, let's talk all-inclusives because Hyatt made their life a little bit better this week, but Hyatt picked up Apple Leisure Group, who has more than 100 different all-inclusive resorts, all the secrets, the dreams, the breathless resorts. Of course, Give me the hibachi. Have... I want hibachi. <laughs> yes. Mark, all Mark knows about it, all-inclusives, they all have hibachis, so he's, yes. he's happy with that. But they also have their Ziva and, and Zalara and, of course, all kinds of other all-inclusives, whether it be major... Uh, brands or just one-off places all around the world. And uh, Ryan wrote on the website recently about how his wife and he and his wife did not enjoy all-inclusives all that much. I guess we could start by saying, why do you enjoy them? I mean, obviously, Ryan doesn't drink alcohol, so I feel like we should start there because I I don't know that there's a great argument for all-inclusives if you don't drink alcohol. Uh, It seems like it'd be a huge waste of, of money. I would say, points. I mean, with with points baked into it, you know, with points, it's not as bad because you're still getting the food included. But I guess if you look at like a comparable hotel in Cancun, they could book with points. That's not all inclusive. It is going to be quite a bit cheaper. So I guess depending on what you eat and how you value the food. But if you're paying cash for sure that, you know, there's so much of that cost is the alcohol. He did say he liked the food and the service was great and the property was great. It was mainly like the party atmosphere. So I wouldn't write off all all inclusives like he did in the article because of that. There are a lot that are more low key and not the party atmosphere. So just because, you know, and this was the first one he went to, there are other opportunities out there that you would get what you want, plus the food included. So I think he should give it another try. Um, just do a little more, you know, research on it. And, it, and that's probably not a Hyatt location because that's more like mid tier of the all-inclusives, you're probably talking higher end to get to that level where it's more serene. Like when we went to Sandals, there wasn't really a, a party at the pool or anything like that. It was pretty chill and relaxed. And the one we went to in Jamaica had its own island. They could go out there if you wanted. So there's a lot of different areas you could be and you could definitely get away from it. So I think that's a different, and as well as Cancun is kind of like more of a party atmosphere. But so. why not just go to a hotel then? I mean, uh, in his case, he's all they're also vegan. So they have a very specific set of stuff that they can eat and there's nice hotels that have all that stuff of meals though it's still three courses of yeah. meals so that's I, you know. I still think i think most people don't get the value that they expect at all inclusives uh the food generally isn't as good as people think it's going to be even though it's you know at the hyatt's i've certainly found it to be fine um but there's usually you're like drinking one, a lot there's usually like one restaurant that's good <laughs> and the rest are just bland yeah, exactly. And you and you figure out what you can eat and stuff like that. And I've never left uh, Hyatt all-inclusive, you know, hating the experience. But unless you're drinking a lot of booze, and your point, those higher-end high, all-inclusives are very nice, but part of the selling point is top-shelf booze and, you know, better, bigger steaks and better meat and all of that stuff. So I, I just don't know if you're vegan, not drinking alcohol, if there's ever going to be an all-inclusive that provides enough value Yeah, um, I think for somebody like him. I think a lot of it could be if you just want a a very hassle-free vacation where you don't have to plan anything, you don't have to research anything, you don't have to, you know, ride in a car anywhere. You're just kind of like, hey, I want four days of complete relaxation. 
then I could still see it even if you're not drinking because, you know, you just go there, you show up and everything's there. Everything you need is there for you. Maybe that's a big draw, I think, to a lot of people, all inclusives outside of miles and points people, because, you know, part of our nerdiness is, is planning trips and everything. I used to do all inclusives when, you know, before I got into miles and points, that was our honeymoon was an all inclusive in Nassau. We went back the next year. We went to Sandals in Jamaica. So we've done like three, four of them. And I enjoyed them, but I, I'm not drawn to it anymore. I haven't been to one since. And it's weird. When I was younger, I was stressed at work all the time. So I wanted more of a relaxation vacation. And now I want to go, you know, see things and go out. And even when we're at the all inclusive, we would usually go out for one of the meals just because the food wasn't that great. So then you're upset that you're spending money when you already spent the money. So that's kind of a, a drawback as well. But you know, I'd rather go somewhere and experience things. I'm more into cities now than I than beaches and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like my my travel experience has changed or what I want out of travel changed. And I think that happens uh, to everybody along the way. What do you think, Joe? It's very obvious. It's because you've had four years of bliss in your vocation. So <laughs> that's great to hear. <laughs> you uh, took the words out of my mouth, though. Dollar for dollar, I don't think you're going to get the value money-wise from an all-inclusive, but it is that hassle-free-ness of it all. I can imagine, you know, especially when your kids are younger, you just don't want to worry about it. And especially if you're on a budget, yeah, you might pay more for an all-inclusive, but if it's not like crazily above your budget, then at least when you're on your vacation, you don't have to worry about every meal that you're sitting down. You know, is this going to put me over budget? Or like, I want to stay under $70 per meal and you're just counting dollars and cents every single meal. People, some people don't want to do that on vacation. And so I totally get the appeal of all-inclusives. I have not been to one uh, for a very long time. I don't think, I don't know if I've been to one as an adult. So I would like to try it once. Having said everything I said, I don't really think it's for me, but we'll see. And I do agree that, you know, being able to do Ziva with uh, points, you know, is more appealing because I don't know. I don't treat points like they're money, even though I, I do. I do think that's kind of the appeal though. Like what you said worrying about meals and stuff. And if you're going there, you're like, Oh, I want to get the steak, the lobster and the crab. Like, let me try it all. Like, let's go. Normally, if you're spending the money, you might go and 17 banana daiquiris, please. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're, if you're spending the money, you're going to a restaurant, you're not, you know, you might one time on that trip really get the fanciest thing on the menu. But when you're in all inclusive, you're getting it every night because it doesn't cost you any extra. So you're just, you're just doing it. You know, that's the way it is. So I think that's what people like about it. Now, Sean, you've been on, I've never been on a cruise, never been even interested in going on a cruise, but what do you think cruise versus all inclusive? Which one do you kind of lean towards and like better? I feel like cruising, if you don't drink, since it's not included in the price might work better uh, for people, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I think it's kind of two different things. It's definitely the same idea. I think the food is probably a little bit better on cruise ships in my experience, which sounds a little bit strange, but I just haven't found any all-inclusives that have amazing food. Like you said, you might find one restaurant that it's pretty good or, you know, it's, it's generally bland or something like that. So uh, I haven't found either one to have like incredible food. The, with cruises, they do have some packages now where you can get all you can drink, but uh, certainly uh, value-wise, uh, a land-based all-inclusive with alcohol included is going to be better and if you can go to one that has the top shelf liquor, you know, you can get a, a decent value too if you drink a lot. So there's, I guess, just like anything, there's all kinds of options for all, all kinds of All the pee in that people. pool, though. All the pee in that pool. All inclusive. Yeah. Nobody ever leaves the water and they're drinking nonstop. 
Think about that. Now let's, just think about on the cruise ships. The <laughs> pool is like a quarter the size, and there's, think about there's just that. as much pee. There's just as much pee on the pool ship, but the, the pool is just a lot smaller. So that's that's something to keep in mind as well. But as the boat rocks, some of it splashes out, so it's not as bad, right? Also science. Mark is just a true connoisseur of science. So I don't know. I think it's a good thing that uh, Apple uh, Leisure Group bought by Hyatt. I mean, 100 more all-inclusives potentially coming into World of Hyatt. That's really the big news here is that we're going to have all kinds of interesting uh, destinations. I think they have one in Greece and different destinations that we've seen uh, from Ziva and Zalara. So hopefully they get those incorporated fairly soon and the pricing is in line with what we're used to uh, with their current all-inclusives. Yep, and reminder, globalist for highest Hyatt sucks, so nobody try to get it. Just <laughs> Which I think, that. don't you get like top shelf if you're globalist at the uh, all-inclusive? Yeah, do you get anything better if you're, first of all, if you're not, privy to the running joke i'm being sarcastic and secondly sean do you know do globalists get anything special at the all-inclusives yeah i think it depends on each property so the two that i've stayed at uh they had club towers so you get access to that and they had special bars there um and then like at the the one in cancun they also gave you special liquor and stuff like that but when you went to the regular bars you got the same the same alcohol but yeah you do get a little bit of a perk most of the time, the rooms aren't upgraded there because all the rooms are uh, basically like suites and stuff. So um, not as many perks for globalist at an all-inclusive compared to a regular property where you're already getting, you know, where a regular property, you're going to get breakfast for free, things that start to add up at the all-inclusive, all that's already included. But uh, still nice to walk in there as a globalist, tell everybody that you're a globalist. Yeah, I got the pink wristband, not the green one guy. <laughs> Give it to me. Give me the good stuff. Oh, Although different I- color wristband. That. I think in Cancun we also got like a free like lobster one night. Yeah, there was some. There was some special. Wasn't there like a special dinner place you could go to as well? At one of them, I I feel like there's a separate uh, restaurant that only globalists go to or something. And guys, you're really ruining my disinformation (laughs) campaign, and I do not appreciate it. All right. Well, that's enough uh, making people hungry out there or not. I don't know, but yeah, let us know. You know, on Twitter, elsewhere. What you guys think about all inclusives as a reminder. Yeah. Joe at, as the Joe flies Mark at Detroit Mark. And you can find me at MTM underscore Vegas. Let's head into rapid fires. Mark, start us off. Now we can skip in or uh, skip that stuff at the end, Joe. Nice. Where you can say other things. <laughs> uh, for my rapid fire, we uh, worked out a deal with rebates me, which is a cashback spending portal, everything like top cashback, recruiting, all that stuff. There's a sign up bonus. That if you sign up and you earn $10 in cash back, you get a $40 bonus. You know, this is the best they've ever had. We actually gave up, you know, a chunk of our commission to make it the best uh, that they've ever had. So definitely sign up for it if you uh, you, you just need an email to, to get an account with them. And then also a nice perk is when you sign up for your first purchase, they give you increased rates. So I was able to get like 12% back at Macy's and stuff like that. So it's like some are double, some are just a little bit higher, but everything is kind of bumped up for that first purchase. So I was able to get the whole uh, $10. I think I ended up earning $12 back on my first purchase with the increased rate and uh, earned the $40. So I spent $100 at Macy's, ended up getting uh, the $40 bonus plus the $12 because of the 12%. So $52, basically half off that purchase. So it's definitely worth it to do it. Uh, it, it also helps us out. Uh, we get a little bit of a kickback for it too. So if you want to support us, that's a great way to do it. Uh, definitely check it out. We'll have the links in the show notes and uh, sign up. How about you, Joe? Southwest has a very 
niche companion pass promotion going on right now. You have to register today on September 9th, Thursday, September 9th, and purchase a round trip or two one-way flights and travel by November 18th. But if you do that, then you get kind of like a mini companion pass between January 6th and February 28th, 2022. So I think this mostly applies if you are already planning to travel between now and November 18th and also have companion travel you think you could use uh, early next year. It's a very random promotion but i definitely think although it's niche someone uh, might be able to benefit from that so and check once that out. once you but get you it to do it today once you do it you'll be flying two connections just to use it <laughs> yes but hey guess what if your flight gets canceled southwest will still get you to where you're supposed to go that's true that's true you listen in american all right mine is very exciting sort of another random promo joe it's but it's a cool one it's one of the amazon amex membership rewards promos and the reason we write about these all the time, but they just refreshed it and targeted more people. And I just got like a 40% off on one of my accounts. So I bought something. I actually bought a Best Buy gift card, a $100 Best Buy gift card, got $40 off. And then I got a 20% off on a few other accounts as well. So uh, definitely check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, they retarget every once in a while. And it's I don't understand why sometimes I'm targeted, why sometimes I'm not. But I'm always happy to take the free money when they give it. And that's going to do it for this week's MTM podcast. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine show? As you so succinctly put before, you can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. And I meant to say succinctly. I think I got to say what time. I don't know. I don't know either time. But uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What about you, Mark? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, mark at milesmemories.com. Comment on any of the articles on the website. I'll get back to you there. Join our Facebook groups, our Patreon group. Uh, lots of ways. How about you, Sean? Well, you can check out our YouTube. We have a new uh, Closed Vegas Casinos YouTube video up today. YouTube.com forward slash miles to memories. And then, as Mark said, all of our posts, all of our groups, everything else like that. Patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. If you want to dive deeper with our Facebook and Slack communities and milestomemories.com for the 40, 50, 60 articles, everything else we got going on. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys next time. See ya. See ya. Oh God, I totally lost my my train of thought. Save me, Mark. What was I going to say? I don't know. We're not that. We're not that married. Just take us to the show. No, we still need two more minutes of talking. I had something cool I was going to say, and I don't even think we don't need two more minutes. Something about your daughter, sixteen. You're going to buy her a Tesla truck that looks hideous for her sixteenth birthday. (laughs) It's already been five minutes. You know how much banter do you want? You know, Mark, the Tesla truck got delayed until 2023. Yeah, because so they're going to messes up my my automobile strategy for the next couple of years. Hopefully they're going to redesign it into something not ugly. Why would they do that when it's so cool? All right. We can't use any of that just for the record. I know, I know, I know. We can put it in outtakes. Yo. Yeah, we can put it in just, outtakes. We'll just have like a 10-minute outtake. He wants, to, he wants to artificially pad the pan, banter <laughs> section, so now we have to do something it's else. It's funny. Uh, no, no, no. I had something that was good to go along with it that would have continued it, and it just oh, went out of my head. Did you remember it? No, no I didn't. Right, so we're not going to try show. to do it.